0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
2: This week on the Garage Beers podcast, it is episode 61 and we've got yet another incredible special guest joining us in the garage, the host of the Spittin' Chicklets podcast, it's Rear Admiral. RA, is going to jump in with us to talk hockey, the trade deadline, what happened with the Blue Jackets, we're going to talk movies, we're going to talk beer, and so much more. You do not want to miss this interview with Rear Admiral, all that, plus of course our Garage Beers of the Week. So come on up the driveway. Break open your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in everybody to episode 61 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at the Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook, find us on TikTok if you want some fun TikTok videos. Uh, And as always, we are presented on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, Go find them on all of their social media at Belly Up Sports and go check out some of the other shows on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, Some of our teammates over there doing some big things with you as always. I am Michael Keefe. Find me at Garage Beers, Mike. And joining me in the garage tonight, we got an exciting show Uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee. It's Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's up, Joe?
3: going on what's up uh, man not in the garage just in another hotel new day A different, new hotel. Hotel. <laughs> different hotel uh this one the bed is not made out of cardboard and plywood so uh much happier about that uh i'm enjoying my pre-garage beer drink which is uh, i like this blood night blood light platinum seltzers Ooh. which are like high grav seltzers which are kind of nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> if i do say so myself and uh i'm excited i had a uh pretty uh rough week dealing with uh rental properties and now i'm ready to enjoy beers and podcasts
2: dude uh a bed made out of cardboard and and plywood that's it's like the it's like the keto diet of beds yes it is the keto <laughs> diet of beds aw- that sounds awful
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. yes my uh my bag did not thank me at all
2: but if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and hit up Joe on social again at Garage Beers Joe. If you're planning any trips to Nashville, he is going to be able to suggest some terrific hotel op- options oh, for you. Oh yeah,
3: oh yeah, I got all he's the best for you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, most importantly, glad you guys are doing all right. Hopefully, they get the house fixed up. And uh, you know, if you're enjoying the saga, it it, it plans to live on. Uh, weeks into the future. So,
3: <laughs> if you if you took the under as to what episode we would be moving out of our house, you like you, you might be right. I don't know. You might be making <laughs> money. <We'll see. laughs>
2: All right. So, Joe from the hotel in Nashville and over on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers, Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Hi.
4: Hi. Hey, hey, guys. So remember hey. remember when I learned uh, that uh, condition, how I'm kind of a bit of an expert on conditions? Like I told you that one week about the, the condition where people remember like damn near everything in their life. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, I, yeah. I learned another one of those today and it's kind of one I can relate to uh being being Wait, before you tell us
2: before you tell us where? i love how you're like i'm an expert on conditions where in fact <laughs> you just learn about one one day and then talk about it on the podcast
4: conditions <laughs> conditions and bird law i'm a bit of an expert in bird law just like charlie j
2: shadmeyer uh, conditionologist
4: yeah yeah uh but again this is what i can relate to uh this one is called hyper trichosis hyper trichosis any guesses any guesses a fear of triceratops. No, mm. no, damn. no. Uh, damn damn the reason, I would be scared of a triceratops, so I could relate to that. But uh, Joe,
2: Joe, you got any guesses? You got a guess? No, I just I'm like worried about having to spell it. Honestly,
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you don't need to spell it. But when I tell is you, is it something
2: that can happen to Joe's house?
4: Uh, well, oh God, oh God. You never, you never know. There's something could, that could happen to Joe's house when he goes back in it. Like he could get this condition. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, this <laughs> is known, and you're going you're gonna to laugh, Mike, because you're, you, uh, well, and you know, Joe, you met me in person once, but uh, uh, this is also known as werewolf syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, werewolf syndrome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fuzzy it's, back uh, disease? It's a rare skin disease that where people <laughs> have features that resemble those of werewolves. So oh. apparently being hairy all my life, I uh apparently have had hypertrichosis damn near ever since I hit puberty in like fourth grade. So uh <laughs> hypertrichosis is 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 the your condition of the day. <laughs> Too That's much exciting. knowledge with Chad. The more you know, like you're waiting for that little star <laughs> to come by.
3: If it makes you feel any better, I did not notice that you had that that. But that might be good for me, too.
4: Like, I might have
3: been saving myself some uh, uh, some visual scrutiny there. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're fine. You'll get treated to it this summer. Don't worry.
2: You want to learn a thing or two? Jump on with Chad. Yeah. He'll give you information sprinkled in with too much information, uh, and you'll walk away feeling uncomfortable.
4: Any more? Any more conditions? Just come to your boy Chad. Just come to your boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, boys, we are... Uh, We are up for an amazing episode here on episode 61. Again, we're going to get into in just a little bit. We're going to bring in our special guest. Uh, You know him as R.A. Rear Admiral from Barstool from Spittin' Chicklets. Uh, And uh, we're going to get to that and have a great time talking with him. But before we get into that, we do have a little Cleveland news that we got to talk about. We're a Cleveland-based podcast. We've been through the journey with the Browns, especially this year. And today we're recording on Wednesday, Today, the news broke finally. I I don't think it was uh, surprising news, but it was news we were all waiting to break, and it finally did. The Browns signed Jadeveon Clowney to a one-year deal, and Jadeveon Clowney is going to line up opposite Miles Garrett. You'll also probably see him out there with Garrett and and Tack uh, on that defensive line, and uh, things look scary if you're an opposing quarterback uh, playing the Cleveland Browns.
4: Uh, yeah, I would say so. Jesus Christ. I mean, guys, just listen to this. I kind of tweeted about it earlier, but uh, on the defensive line, you're looking at Clowney mixed in with Tack, uh, Malik Jackson, uh, Sheldon Richardson, who is still there for now. You might uh, he, he might become a cap casualty, but, uh, or they need to restructure him, but he's still there for now. Sheldon Richardson, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, then you have Anthony Walker, uh, Taki Taki, and Jacob Phillips. What about the
2: other defensive line, Billings?
4: And Billings. Well, yeah, Billings. Billings for depth. Jeez. And then you have Anthony Walker, uh, Jacob Phillips, and Taki Taki at linebackers. And then, and then you add in John Johnson III, uh, Troy Hill. I almost said Tyrone Hill. Shout out to old Jeffs for uh, <laughs> oh,
2: Yes. Uh, oh, hey, man, team. Tyrone Hill is going to be out there? Yeah, yeah.
4: Good Troy. luck throwing over the top of that guy. Troy Hill, Ronnie Harrison, Denzel Ward. And you mix in Greedy and Grant Delpit. Like, for fuck's sake, guys. Andrew Berry didn't work. We knew this was going to be the summer of the defense and
3: oh my God. Uh, I mean, holy shit, boys. Have you ever felt like less anxiety going into a draft? No. No. Like, there's no. I mean, like, you know, obviously there's depth we need. There's maybe a couple of positions that we could use some some additional help on, but like man, we don't need that quarterback. We don't need that running back. We don't need that defensive edge rusher uh in this draft. And uh uh, it's kind of weird. <laughs>
2: Honestly. Hey, hey, Andrew Berry. Um, when the draft rolls around, get in there and um, and, and take a, a guy like <laughs> yeah. take the best cool. player available.
4: It literally is the best player available
2: <laughs> since 2018. <laughs> since 2018, the highest pass rush win rates in the NFL. Number one, wouldn't have guessed this, but Robert Quinn.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Number two, T.J. Watt. Number three, Miles Garrett. Number four, Aaron Donald. And number five, on Clowney.
3: <laughs>
2: the two of those guys are now going to line up on the defensive line for the Cleveland Browns. Guys, listen.
3: You think, uh, yeah, you I can... think Big Ben's going to announce his retirement before the season yeah, starts? Yeah.
2: I think Lamar Jackson might announce his retirement. Like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. Joe Burrow's done. I'm out. I'm not doing this
4: anymore. I'm kind of excited to watch Big Ben die on live TV. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Figure, Listen,
4: fig, I... Figuratively, of course. Figuratively, of I'm course. I'm
2: not. I'm not going to listen. Miles Garrett has had issues pretty much every season where he's had to miss games here or there. Obviously, it is well known that Jadevian Clowney has had injury issues. So there is an element of like, let's slow our roll. This doesn't mean the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, but man, if Clowney and Garrett stay healthy, if that defensive backfield, the young group that they are can gel. And if those linebackers can just make enough plays, if they can at least make their presence felt out on the field, ooh, boy, this Browns defense, like you said, it was the offseason of the defense, and uh, what a way to cap that off before the draft by bringing in Clowney. And a guy on a one-year deal that people have some questions about, his health and all that. Uh, what a way for him to be able to make a statement if he wants to to get another contract after this year. So, uh, really, really cool to see that signing, and it's going to be awesome to watch him lining up on that line.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, you know the injury concerns are legitimate for anybody for anybody worried about the, this clowny signing. The injury concern is is definitely legitimate because he's had some issues. I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy got uh, injured his very first play of his very first NFL game. So I mean, the, the injuries have been a concern, but uh, you know, when he is healthy, if he is able to stay on the field, clearly he's effective. <laughs> so I, I mean, and uh, don't forget, he's also playing opposite of Miles fucking Garrett. So if you can't be productive <laughs> on the on the opposite side of Miles Garrett, then yeah, okay, maybe maybe you might be a little bit washed. Maybe you might be a little bit, uh, uh, maybe your play might start to have some questions, but. Uh, with a guy with that has the ability of Jadavion Clowney when he's on the field playing opposite Miles Garrett, yeah. If he's healthy, boys, this is going to be so dangerous. I mean, good luck, good luck.
2: Let's go. Listen, let's go. I'm ready. Is the season? Can the season start next week? No. Is it week one of the season next week? Let's go. Let's go. You got the defense is going to be the or the offense is the exact same as last year, and now you've got. It, what should be on paper an incredibly improved defense, which they're probably going to add more defensive pieces in the draft. Let's go. Let's just get this thing rolling. Let's start NFL season in July. I don't know if I can wait. I don't, I don't care about all the off season nonsense. That's going to happen. Oh, Odell Beckham didn't go to this. Or Jadavian Clowney said that I don't care. Let's just get me to week one and let's watch this team wreck people. All right. So a little brown stock, really exciting news for and Clowney. But uh, now let's get to uh, let's get to the big main event of the episode uh, and our special our awesome conversation with our special guest. Again, the host of the Spittin' Spit Chicklets podcast, Rear Admiral. Let's get to that right now. All right. And as promised, we are here with our very special guest on episode 61 of the Garage Beers podcast. If you're a hockey fan, you know this guy, Uh, one of the most successful podcasters, one of the most successful podcasts out there. The co-host of the Spit and Chicklets podcast, along with his buddies, Paul Bissonnette, Ryan Whitney, Mike Grinnell. He's a he's a premier movie buff. He's what everybody who tries to do a Boston accent tries to sound like. And he is the star of the critically acclaimed movie the town alongside blake lively ladies and gentlemen you know him as rear admiral rear admiral welcome to the podcast
1: wow hell of, hell of an intro man this is so crazy to me because i literally just did the same thing you are doing now and, and i'm like, a yeah, guest so my, my head's kind of spinning it's kind of meta but thanks for having me boys it's a pleasure dude it's we are so excited to have you on this
2: is going to be a great time and uh we're going to talk some hockey some movies uh everything uh uh, we know you're a big movie buff, so I'm excited to get to that part. But uh, well, I mean, especially into-
4: especially to know how to how, uh, how it was to rub elbows with Blake Lively. I mean, just standing next to well, to be awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, on set though, you gotta you know, especially as an extra, you're basically a peon. I mean, you're <laughs> not on call sheet, you know, the sheet. you just know to sh- sit there, keep your mouth shut. But you know, you can you can have your eyes wander a little bit, and yeah, I mean, I was literally two feet from her for hours. Yeah, she was, I mean, an absolute knockout. I mean, obviously, in the movie, you see it, but, but, you know, I I didn't chat with her at all. I, I did talk to John Hamm. It was funny enough, before I got called for the movie, a friend of mine was working on the set. So I actually met John Hamm. Before I get called to be in the movie and talk to him for like an hour, fantastic guy. Like, just, you know, didn't look at us watch once. It wasn't like, get me out of here. Just because the thing is, when you bump into a guy like that, you don't ask about like, oh, what's Mad Men like? What's, what's, like, you, right. you, you know, you talk about pizza and sports and baseball yeah. and then it's just two guys shooting the shit. And, right. And he was great, man. Right. And then later I got called and ended up being, well, so my image was in, in the scene with him and Blake Lively. So that, that was a pretty wild thing that turned out. You just Plank see did like,
2: didn't but... like the cut scene. There, there you are in the back, like,
1: Blake. Like, yeah, uh, hey, wh- how are you doing? You know, what was funny, too, when they were filming that scene, and, they, you know, it was impressive to watch. I mean, I know people like, oh, acting. It's 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 a hard thing to do, to sit there and say the lines over and over again because they don't film it once. They film it probably 20, 30 times. And yeah. I don't think one of them eat, flubbed the line either time. And I, I had, like, a metal spatula because I was the cook. And I was, like, the only one who could really fuck it up by making some sort of noise <laughs> in the background. So I had to be, like, diligent, not that I was acting, but, like, I had to be very diligent not to, like, have them call cut because I clanged the metal too hard, you know?
4: Were you actually, were you you actually cooking something? Like, (laughs) like, can you cook? No, no, fuck of God. (laughs) What
1: a a microwave maybe. No, there was food there. And I was just, it was like, it was, the place was disgusting too. I'm The legit roaches were in there. It was a bar up in, it was a, a dive bar up in Lynn Mass. It wasn't a bar actually in Charlestown, but you know, it was a disgusting bar, but it was, it was perfect for the scene. But Oh, it, it was cool, man. I mean, there was it was kind of a small set that day because you're only filming in a bar, and you know, you're, you're cognizant of the fact this is a huge Hollywood production. You know, again, as a big movie buff, I I was kind of soaking it all in. It does get a little kind of maybe like eight nine hours of it, yeah? Okay, Been there, done that, but um, yeah, it, it was yeah. definitely one of my cool, cooler memories. Love it. Well, we're going to get into more movie talk,
2: more hockey talk. But before we get into all that, we're the Garage Beers podcast. We got to start with our Garage Beers of the Week. We're going to throw it around, talk about what we're drinking, uh, and go from there. And we're actually going to start with Joey down in Nashville. So, Joey, what's your Garage Beer of the Week this oh, week? Wow. Never gone first before.
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, I got Southern Grist Marble Bits. It's a, uh, I think, like a Lucky Charms uh, type IPA. Uh, it's all right uh it's all right <laughs> i love this brewery but probably not my favorite beer from them uh they said it's a new england style ipa and i, I don't really see that but i do like the lucky charms aspect It's of kind of like a little sweet flavor to it uh so, yeah, it's pretty good oh man it's
1: magically delicious yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little southern i usually love that place too but a little marbits some marshmallow ipa i don't know how that would ever go together but uh all right joe let's pass it around let's go to our special guest oh what do you got chad
4: No, I was gonna say, do you guys know you guys notice that too? Like RA, you just said magically delicious. Like we talked about RA. Whenever anybody tries to do a Boston accent, um, Boston accent, like we try to sound like RA, but like whenever anybody does an Irish one, it always comes back to like that, you know, like that, oh, they're always after me, lucky charms. Like you guys (laughs) ever notice that? Yeah. Whenever anybody Ah, lad. Yeah, right. Oh, (laughs) top of the morning (laughs) to you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, very 1930s (laughs) Ireland. Yeah, Yeah, everybody talks like that. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, as our special guest, your garage beer of the week this week,
1: I am drinking a laser cat Imperial IPA from the Medusa brewery and a uh, Hudson mass. I believe they're located. It's an old Saturday night live skit. I don't know if, if you guys remember, remember or not. And I'll tell you, I saw the logo and I just was like, I have to buy that beer. I mean, you know, I like a nice IPA. It's got an 8.0 alcohol. So you drink three, four of these, you are feeling good watching the games instead of having a drink double that with uh, maybe a, a, a regular domestic that guys drink, but Lazy Cat, I don't know how far you can get it, but that's that's my garage beer tonight. I love it. Uh, you can ask these guys. Uh, you're a Massachusetts
2: guy. I actually do a ton of work up in Mass. Uh, my two favorite breweries on the planet are in Massachusetts, uh, and these guys roll their eyes every time I bring one on, namely the Treehouse Brewery. Uh, uh, where is it? Was Wh- Sturbridge?
4: Uh, yeah,
1: I, I I haven't been out there because the thing is, like, if you go, you got to drive to these places, you, you got to get home. So it's like, you know, you, you, know, you got to spend $80 on an Uber to get pie eyed just to, like, you know, drink some well, beers. But I got to get to one of these places. Sometimes. Go
2: to Treehouse, get out there. They only let you drink like two beers there because they're all like high octane, big time beers. It's the best beer I've ever had in my whole life uh gotta bring a disguise with me then huh but yeah you gotta, you gotta have to do the uh, the bobby valentine
5: <laughs> yeah seriously
2: i haven't had two beers yet right, right,
5: right.
2: so you still have some of our beer on your face <laughs> uh try that one and then obviously over by you but over on the i'm gonna guess you're in the boston area but they've got trillium over there which is another awesome
1: brewery. right yeah both probably a mile down the street there their main their main spots well they have a brewery just outside the city but they got a place right down here where people go and get their growlers filled and stuff yeah the brewery scene in massachusetts in the last 10 years absolutely exploded i mean there's yeah. you know the tobin bridge the big green bridge that mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like the, i guess boston's golden gate you might say actually it's, well, it's longer too. Right underneath there, where the toll, the, where well, used to be tolls, there, where the elevators are, there's a brewery right down there, right underneath oh, it. Cool. It's, it's such a crazy spot to have them, but yeah, it's great, man. If you like, you know, kind of graduated from, like I said, the domestics, which yeah, well, I grew up on, but you want something different, a little more, you know, you want to enjoy a, a beer while you're drinking it, not just to drink a beer. Hey, listen, like. here
2: on the Garage Beers podcast, we will – I think we've done it twice now. We'll throw it back to like an old your dad's beer kind of kind of beer uh, where we'll bring on some of those classic old PBR stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, the graduated ones I like as well. Uh, Chad, what is your Garage Beer of the Week this week?
4: Uh, well, boys, uh, I failed to do a – get a run to, into the store, so I had to go with the wife's uh, diet drink. So I'm like diet, diet, b- diet beer drinking tonight. It's uh, from Great Lakes, wow. Great Lakes Brewery. It's called Crushworthy. It's a low-cal citrus wheat. And, uh, you know, its I mean, it's crushworthy. Like, I could drink about 50 of these and not feel a thing because it's only like 3.9% alcohol. Oh. And it's, but, it's, oh. but it's tasty. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It, 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 I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Like, I could picture myself in a pool on a nice hot summer day drinking, like I said, like 15 of these, and I'll be all right. So like a shandy? Like
1: a Lion like, and type thing? Yeah, like, kind of. As far as far as being able to guess 30 of them and still walk when you, <laughs> when you leave?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know, but I'm
1: hydrated as shit. I feel great.
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to run a marathon. You should drink those while you work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lion
1: line and Kugel's are great in the summer, man. Those, those are those are nice yeah. and refreshing. It's yeah. like drinking lemonade. Yeah. Right. All right. So I'll bring it back to a
2: big beer after Chad's little crush worthy one, 50 of them. And hopefully he starts slurring a little bit. Uh, I'm <laughs> taking it to New York, uh, a really, really good brewery. It's called Equilibrium. Uh, I don't even know what city it's in Middletown, New York. I don't know where that is, uh, but Equilibrium, it's called the fluctuation double IPA. Uh, and this is a, uh, this is a brewery that just recently started shipping to Ohio and it's spectacular. It's a big, nice, double, juicy IPA, and I love it. So I'm right back in my lane. I'm not going to lie. I poured a beer before this, and I had to throw it out. It was the worst, and I don't throw out beer. Wow. I yeah. don't throw out beer, but it was the worst beer I have ever poured, and I was like, I can't have that. I can't sit here and try to squirm through this this beer on the podcast. So I went with uh, equilibrium. You can't go wrong. Life's too short for shitty beer. That's a thank you. T-shirt, T-shirt <laughs> idea. <laughs> Life is too no, wait, short. Well, for hold on. Here. I already patented that. Don't, 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 <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that. <laughs> well, okay. T-shirt. R-A at the bottom right. with the patent yeah. sign. It's fine.
1: Give me 20%. We're good. You got it. You
2: got <laughs> it, man. Right. We'll slide you a cut. Right. We'll slide you a cut. 17 bucks heading your way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So those are our garage beers of the week. Go onto our socials. Let us know what your garage beers of the week are. And if you got anything that we haven't had on here that you're dying to have us try, send it to us. We will go find it. Uh, But now let's get into a little hockey life talk. With our man RA here from the Spit and chicklets podcast. Uh, again, if you're a hockey fan, you've listened to it. If you haven't, for some reason, why go listen to the Spit and chicklets podcast? It's phenomenal. Uh, but let's start. I found this to be a fun commonality uh, that we have uh, here on the Garage Beers podcast. We had a boatload of fun over these last couple of weeks with the uh, uh, the Sid Ov thing and Brandon Dubinsky and all that stuff. That 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 took us places we did not know we were going. Uh, but we had a fun commonality. Uh, it's a fun group we joined that you belong to. We officially, uh, we quote unquote bla- got blasted on Twitter by the, the shame of Pittsburgh, Mark Madden,
1: who you have been <laughs> in, you've been <laughs> in a thing with. I with got in the Mark mud Madden. with him. Yeah. But then we had him on the show and it was kind of like, you know, we, it was all Twitter beefs a few years ago. He, he's obsessed with like money and how much money we make And I'm kind of laughing at it. And you know, it's Twitter. You don't take it too serious. And then, Biz and we were like hey let's bring him on and i say hey, whatever you know and, and when we talked first i didn't know if he was going to be confrontational and want to go at it and mix it up which i was ready to do whatever but he was like a gentleman so i was a gentleman back and we, you know we, we whatever we had him on and, and like i said if he wanted to get in the mud i was willing to but i, I think he just realized twitter's kind of an entertainment thing and you know he's an, i mean he's an older guy it's not you know it's not like you know you don't want to shit on a, a guy that age but if he was going to mix it up i would i would have but it was fun i mean he's he's a Rock, he's a bit of a rabble rouser. He likes to say things and get people riled up, but he's very successful. I mean, he's been doing it for, what, 30, no, 25, 30 years in Pittsburgh. He's got, he's got a nice little, uh, listen, not little, he's got a pretty good listenership. So, yeah, we, I thought it could have been ugly, but it, it turned out to be like, yeah, hey, whatever, buddy. That's all bygones are bygones. Listen,
2: we're a, we're a Cleveland podcast, so some random dude from Pittsburgh is going to come on and, and, and smack talk us. We're, we're happy to go back at a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, no problem. Like, no yeah, problem. I, I
1: thought I thought Columbus and Pittsburgh would have established a little bit more of a rivalry by now just because of the geography. But I, I think that Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, Philadelphia thing is just so entrenched. It, it's going to be tough to, like, kind of become that type of rival.
2: I feel like Dubinsky helped because we immediately, I think, became the most hated podcast in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think right off the bat, uh, we got our first one star, which we were excited about. And I'm pretty sure it came from Pittsburgh. Uh, the whole city of Pittsburgh hated that situation. Uh uh, so, yeah, that was that was a good time. We'll go back to that in a minute. But let's talk uh, uh, before we get into all that. Let's talk a little chiclet, though. though. so mm-hmm. 2015, kind of the story of the show, if you guys aren't uh, familiar, you you've been writing for Barstool uh, mm-hmm. for about eight years. Uh, and 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 your boy Ryan Whitney goes online and says he wants to start a podcast and he needs a partner and you respond. And next thing you know, you and Ryan Whitney have started spitting chiclets uh and it wasn't even a year later i think that that barstool who you'd already been writing for had picked you guys up uh uh to look at where you are now and where the show has gone uh it's got to be just absolutely nuts
1: yeah i mean i pinch myself every day i i know we, we hear that cliche find something you love and you and you're not working and i didn't find it it just life just kind of happened sometime i mean like you said i worked at Barstool. For long, well, I shouldn't say work. I was writing at Boston hoping to get, you know, a full-time gig. And in the meantime, I was working a variety of whatever jobs I had to do to pay the bills in the meantime. And yeah, me and Whit, we knew each other casually, we had mutual friends. We were, you know, we didn't hang out a lot, but we bump into each other at a bar near the garden and shoot the shit, whatever. And so we came home from Sweden after he was all done. He sent that tweet out. And I half jokingly replied, looking for a partner. And never expected him to slide in my DMs and say, you serious, R.A. I says, fucking serious is a heart attack. And he said, you know how to podcast. I says, I have no clue, but I'll learn. <laughs> yeah. And that was before Christmas of 2015. And our first episode was right around the Super Bowl of 2016. And, yeah, we were we were off and rolling. It was me and Wed on my couch, and we just talked. We had no producer. I, I would record the thing on a uh, garage band and send it off to someone who would clean it up, and then we post it on SoundCloud. We, and we were basically Wayne and Garth sitting on my couch just – Shooting the shit about hockey and Dave Portnoy, Al Prez, who you know, obviously I knew from writing for Boston for years, but you know, he told me early on I'm not hiring a Bruins guy, which I respected the fact he was, you know, telling me that. So I kind of was trying to find my niche somewhere else. And uh he listened to it to my surprise and said, It's great. We want to add you guys to the roster room. I was like, okay. And then, you know, when we were humming along. It was we kind of basically kind of dug out our own little play, place here and got bigger and bigger. And then I, I make this analogy all the time, and it's probably, you know me and Wit, I always say won, won, the, won a title and then biz made us a dynasty because biz came along and had a bigger vision than me and what did I mean for me it was like a side gig we we're like yeah meet once a week talk hockey make a few bucks and biz is like No man this this is this is different we can make this something so much more than it is. you can quit your job bribe yeah, no one calls you brian anymore but you can quit your job <laughs> and and that's what it's become I mean I was able to, to, to quit a, a city job with good benefits which a lot of people don't do but you know Boston said hey come on come on join us and uh yeah, man, uh, it, it, the fact that I get to do this for a living, yeah, I, I do pinch myself every couple of days.
4: Now, when Biz, now uh, when Biz, before Biz was on, was he kind of constantly, like, poking at it, poking at you guys, being like, hey, when can I come on? Like, or how organically did that happen?
1: It was very organic. We had Biz on a couple of times, and Biz was Biz. He always, always a fantastic guest. And we weren't looking to add anybody. It was never like, oh, we need to add someone. It was only Biz. It was like, should we, you know, should we have Biz come on? Every time he's on, he's He's electric. Uh, numbers go through the roof and you know it wasn't like we were looking at anybody it was like we'll add biz or we'll add nobody and we asked him and he was ecstatic and we come on we come on and I think there was an initial it's, it's funny if you listen to the show in order if like new listeners will go and they'll binge the whole thing and god bless them because my voice I don't know how they I don't know how they do over 300 <laughs> episodes but they do google translate kind of hear, yeah, you can hear the bumps in the road there, which I think it's kind of cool. Like here, like all right, when we first got there, we didn't really talk about the role. So I think me and Whitney went from a partnership to like, okay, now him, it's him and Biz. And, you know, I'm kind of almost like a little brother now instead of like just me and Whit. And there was a dynamic shift there and it took some getting used to. And I think when you listen to those shows, you can hear it in there. Maybe maybe a little bit of tension a couple of times. Uh, but we got to a level and we talked it out and Biz said, oh, you're going to drive the bus and, you you know I, I still get to give my opinion and obviously you know they're the NHL guys I'm I, I'm fully aware of my role and my history compared to theirs and uh, it, it's kind of great I think we just we're just humming along right now.
2: No, you know what the the coolest part I think about your story specifically you right there you are just plowing along writing for barstool for years years and years and years you're just plowing along writing doing other jobs you you famously tell the story of being a custodian uh, yeah you know. Uh, doing all the jobs you need to do to make, to make life go. Uh, and, and what's really cool is in the end, it's that connection with Barstool that you formed over years of writing, probably feeling like, God, I hope just one of these things just clicks. Like I'm just trying to click with Barstool. It's all that work you put on on the back end that now you come into Barstool and, and they're like, yeah, we want you. You put together a good show, obviously. And they're like, yeah, we want you. And I, th- I just think, I think that's cool how it, all that work you did earlier, you probably at times wondering, like, where am I going with this?
1: Absolutely. And Absolutely. now, boom. And, and it was ironic because I was really trying to get a writing gig. I mean, I, I fell, not fell into writing. I, I went to college. I had no idea I wanted to be a journalist or doing anything like that. I always had an affinity for it. And then sophomore year, I ended up, you know, by then I was running the college paper and I was like, I was good at it. I had a knack for it. My advisors told me to do it. But, of course, I graduated in 1997, which was the internet was there. You know, it was basically like a a tumor for the industry that nobody knew was there. A malignant tumor was slowly <laughs> killing newspapers. So you couldn't right. find a job anywhere. So I was trying to get a writing gig and that's the ironic part. I ended up getting hired for my big mouth instead of my, my writing skills. So <laughs> uh, I, it, it works. Life, life works out sometimes the, the way you don't expect. But like I said, the fact that I get paid to hear, pe- hear people have me talk, blows me away every day. <laughs> Cause listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, <laughs>
2: Uh, I was just going to say, so I've just listened. I'm a recency bias here. I was just listening to episode 328. I got through a lot of it. Uh, And you had Dale Weiss on. And, like, it had me thinking. You guys were talking about, like, his lake house life in Edmonton, uh, talking about him wanting to continue his career in Europe, how tiresome the NHL grind got, all that stuff, his kinky boots uh, behind him, which uh, you guys should have got a picture of that because I'm dying to know (laughs) what these boots are looking like. And it got me thinking as a podcast, like those guys, those guys like Dale they always, they're the best, aren't they? Like he's, he wasn't a star NHL player, although he had a great career. He wasn't a star NHL player, uh, uh, not one of the greatest players of all time, but guys like that tend to just be amazing guests. Don't they? Like he just came out and was going to say anything about anything.
1: Yeah. There's so many guys that like that, you know, they might've had a, a real good run for four or five years, or they just, you know, a name you remember and hey, whatever happened to that guy. And when we did deal, man, he was hilarious. Like he, you know, he was, he, he, Vancouver, he was in Montreal. It was great. asking about that loot stuff because, you know, loot is a guy who has a, I would say, I wouldn't call it a problem, but he needs time to come down after a game. And in that handshake line, he was, he was great practically ragged on. Weeks, so to be, able, to be able to get his perspective on it and what was really hilarious, you talk about serendipity, and this was we couldn't have planned this if we tried. The day his episode dropped was the same day, Luch's of one, same day as Luch's 1000 games, so it was like it was almost like an inadvertent troll. But yeah, guys like that they tend to be the funnier interviews because they're just great personalities. Like, for example, I think Tim Stapleton is probably the all time version of that. You know, he's a guy, who had a few cups of coffee in Winnipeg, Toronto, excuse me, great skill player, little guy. And he comes in the room. We're having a few beers. And I mean, it was like Richard Pryor was in the room that night. Like me, <laughs> I remember we went we were fall, literally falling off the couch laughing. That's how funny this kid was. And most people didn't know about him. So when we dropped that, it was like, Holy shit. Like that was probably the all time funniest episode that we ever had with him. So yeah, you just never know what you're going to get from a guy.
2: Yeah. I love that stuff. It's, it's like you get a star on and it's like a star. Even if they're retired, they always have to kind of maintain that like that level, that professionalism or whatever. And you get somebody that's not quite a star or whatever. And they just, I, I love it. when he was talking about how tiresome it was. Dale Weiss was talking about grinding it out in practice. And he was, he knew the people upstairs eating popcorn during the games better than he knew his teammates. Like, just, uh, it was an incredible glimpse into that guy's life. And it really made you, I'm like, I'm like, well, shit. Now, if he goes and plays in Switzerland, I'm like, I got to order like a Dale Weiss jersey because like I'm pulling <laughs> for this dude to be Switzerland's greatest all time player.
1: Yeah. I think people too, is like, you forget, there's only so many guys who are super duper stars that make all that money. I think people think all these guys are loaded and yeah, they do make great money, but they also play in towns and states and cities where the taxes are crazy. They got agents, they got lawyers, they got, maybe have an ex-wife, kids. I mean, some of these guys at the end of the day are getting 25 cents on the dollar on their check after they pay everybody off. And you know, a guy like deal, Wee, yeah, he made some money, but that, you know, it doesn't last. And you realize when we talk to these guys, like they could save money and have a great career, but did are done with hockey at 30, 35 years old, man. They still got 40 more years of living left, and some guys are a little more prepared than others. But um, it, it is interesting to see, like, you know, not everybody is a super-duper star and has a, you know, a 20-year career, and they, they retire off into the sunset. Like a guy like Chris Pronga we had on, he's a good, a good example of that. I mean, he's still working doing whatever. But a lot of these guys, that you know, they're not done working when, when they're done with hockey. They got to go out and find something else to do. Yeah.
4: All right. Well, uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, all right, about, uh, you know, our Brandon Dubinsky interview that we had, you know, it was a terrific interview. Like the guy had amazing stories. I mean, you, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of these guys have amazing stories talking about his career, life, family, whatever, but no one wants to talk about that. Uh, you, you know, he, he mentioned he brought up the Sid and Ovi rivalry again and, or it's not rivalry, but like Sid and Ovi comparison argument again, you know, it, it's, it's a rivalry you didn't really hear it. It kind of, it kind of, You you don't really hear it anymore. Why do you think his comments just drew such a reaction? I think because
1: he's he's not technically retired, he's still officially part of the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. You know, it's not like he's removed from the game for five years. And plus, he said, fucking, you know, fuck Sid, basically. And, yeah. you know, I wrote a blog about it and I like Sid, man. We we interviewed him. He's, he's a great, great, great guy, great human being. And it wasn't indicative of my feelings of Sid, but it's like, well, okay, we got to cover this because this is the internet. And we got to, like, you know, we got to get our clicks and all that. And I mean, you guys must have, eyes probably got wide when he said that quote because. Oh. I mean that's the stuff we love in this thing. Like I mean, every time someone says something that's you know you're gonna use, you, you get a little oh well, yeah that that's a beauty right there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah I think I think it's because he's relatively still in the game. I know he's, he may not play again, but technically he's still part of the NHL, and that's unusual to have a guy to say that about another player. Um, but that's what hey that's what you like. I, I thought it was great. I know he's a he's a quirky dude. I've, I don't know Brandon, but you know heard, I I know he's a, he's a pretty quirky dude. But that that's uh, that's the stuff you dream of when you're in this business. Oh yeah. yeah,
2: it was, credit goes to Joe. To be honest with you, you fly along and sometimes you miss those things. And Joe put out the clip for it. And I think that's what drew everybody's attention. And and I was like, oh, well, all right. I Like, I kind of had to remind myself that I even said it through the thing. The, the question I have is, you know, we for years it's been Sid and Ovi and the conversation was there for so long. Uh, and I know these guys are getting a little older, uh, but like, where's this debate been? Like, I, I feel like, ever since Ovi won the cup you don't hear about Sid and Ovi anymore
1: well there you go I mean that, that was always the knock on Ovi he can score but he, he never won a cup and once he won the cup it's like all right you, you didn't have that knock on him anymore and I, I think that you know put that rivalry if you want to call it I think I kind of put that in the shelf for a little while I mean yeah Crosby got three cups uh Ovi's got one but yeah I, I think the, the only knock on Ovi was that he hadn't won a cup he did it so yeah I mean who would you rather take Sid who's I mean, he said 200 foot superstar, like they call him a superstar grinder or Ovi, who's probably going to pass Wayne Gretzky if he stays healthy. Let's face it. Uh, Again, it's, I don't think it's a debate. Who would you take anymore? His quotes rekindled it. We had some fun with it, but I think, you know, everyone's going to kind of move on to the next story at some point.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, we're going to hang out as long as we can. No, yeah. You guys know <laughs> the point. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: Joy, what else? Dubinsky said that, uh, this president yeah. stinks in, uh, yeah. Castle yeah. To, uh
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be, be like 87 <laughs> years old in okay. a nursing home. I'll be like, you guys hear what Dubinsky
4: said? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he saw Sid's mom out with another man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but um Uh, mm. no all right now no I mean I guess sticking with it for a second it's like is are those type of arguments fair like kind of like the Jordan and LeBron argument you know you know with Sid and Obi it's like both of those guys are like the elite of the elite at what they do right right? but like they're but Mm -hmm. they're but they're so completely like different players is that even like a fair uh, argument in comparison to make i mean it's that, that's what we do with sports i mean yeah. you know
1: it's like jordan lebron that's i mean i, I that's probably the cocky equivalent of jordan lebron when you think about it i mean I, not that's necessarily the greatest of all time just in i would say our, our last 10 15 years yeah those are the debates but that's just sports guy you know people who follow the sports love to debate who would you take this guy or that guy but i yeah like i said i, I think it was a, a dead story and so you you guys rekindled it it's, it's been fun to have some fun with it and I don't know. I mean, you can still say, "Hey, would you rather the greatest goal scorer of the last thirty years, or would you rather Sid Crosby, who's you know Sid Crosby?"
2: i figure. We just have to figure out ways every week to piss off Canada and Pittsburgh at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah just, Mario Lemieux <laughs> is the biggest son of. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't even. Just say. go after
1: Vancouver if you really want to piss <laughs> people off. That's <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, right. right. Uh, Pavel Bure. Some nights I choose violence on Twitter, and last night was one of them. Yeah.
4: Oh, the Sedin twins. I would, if they would have only uh, talked more, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, It would like, have been so quiet. You know, sometimes
1: you're laughing. Like last night, it was like, kid, hey, it's a Vancouver avatar and you'll check his bio. He's from Vancouver. And it's like, "I right, man, I, I don't really want to dunk on you right now because I know how much it bothers them and it's like the guys go, like, "Oh, well, you're the fitness, uh, ex-fitness trainer," and the picture of me is holding the cup over my head. It was like the perfect one to like retweet him <laughs> on. It's like, as a matter of fact, hold yeah. the hold a thing over my head. And I don't, you know, I'm, a, I don't, I not i did not I know I didn't win it. I don't do that shit, but yeah, sometimes you just gotta like fucking talk about people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you
2: got to, you got to. Uh, all right, so we brought up Ovi, and while we're on the subject of Ovi, famously when he wins the cup, dude goes on the one of the greatest benders of all time. Oh. Uh, although I will say one of our former guests on this show, Grant Fuhrer, he didn't make it sound to us. Like maybe Ovi's Bender was a little tamer compared to what they used to do before social media existed, uh, back when he was winning cups. Uh, so were you able ever able to match the endurance and dedication Ovi showed in that bender? Have you ever matched uh, well, uh, bender
1: endurance with him? I went to college for seven years, so <laughs> you, you probably say that. Uh, it, it was an impressive bender those guys were. Well, of course, social media makes everything public, which you, you feel like you're part of it by watching. But I'll tell you, man, I can't imagine what 1980s like parties were because... <laughs> And you, you know, I mean, obviously, you mentioned Grant Grant fuel and those Oilers. They, they, you could, you can use your Google machine to see what those guys were up to back then, right. and you can imagine, man, it was probably like fucking the opening scene of Fargo with fucking snow everywhere. <laughs> it was like holy, <laughs> holy shit, what, what's going on? So th- those guys, it was a different era, and they they potted hotter in a different way. Uh, I mean, you know, it, the '80s were uh, socially acceptable, and some things that aren't socially socially acceptable anymore. So. Uh, yeah. Who partied, how to, I, I don't know. I, I, that's a tough, uh, tough thing to quantify, but the capitals were very, very impressive with what they did. Uh, I have no problem with it. man. that that organization had situated a long time, guys get drunk. I do it on the show. Sometimes big fucking deal. We wake up the next day and we all move
4: on. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, well that was fun. First off, yeah. go back to work. Uh, yeah. put your, I mean, put
2: yourself in those shoes though. You just won the cup. You're a hockey player. You just yeah. won the cup. What is your, what's your, what's your night with the cup? Like,
1: my name would Um probably start off at like a family dinner somewhere, you know, like parents and cousins and aunts and uncles. And then after that, I would go to like all local bars in the city, you know, like go from start in Charlestown and make my way to South Boston and just go downtown. And I would just do like a, a, a tour of bars in Boston and just because I'll tell you, man, there's nothing like being in a bar and having this kept randomly come in. <laughs> and, and that happened actually well, that's the first time I met it. but uh, the, the second time it was during the I think the oh eight, oh nine season. And the Bruins' wives used to have the wives carnival. And, and the, the, they would bring the cup in to take pictures with it. You know, it was like everyone wants a picture with the cup. Well, Sean Thornton won the cup with the Anaheim Ducks in 2007. So, you know, you kind of have a little say on, on the cup or whatever. And he knew the cup holder that time. He hijacked a cup. Uh, this was January. Now, when I, we, me and my friends, I was, it was like the <laughs> NFC Championship. When we all you know, get buckled, we're sitting up by, turn around. It's almost like last call. And Thornton comes in and walks in with the Stanley Cup in January. Like the Bruins hadn't won the cup in since 72. And I'm like, oh. what the fuck is going on? And the whole place, and there's only 10 people in there. So it's even crazier. <laughs> and I'll never forget. He puts it down the table. And, and I have a Bruin shirt on, coincidentally, scally cap. I mean, I'm like, we're straight out of central casting. And he pounds me in the chest. He's like, make sure nobody touches it. And he walks to the bar and gets a drink. And I was like, "Dad, I'm babysitting the Stanley Cup right now. It was absolute fucking surreal that that happened. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, the cup is just something that people, like, holy shit when they see it. So, yeah, take a bar after bar and just make people happy.
4: Now, with how many uh, locker rooms you snuck into after Stanley Cup championships, uh, R.A., have you had a chance to drink out of it? I, I
1: have twice, yeah. Nice. I, I, I drank out of it twice. I don't know. That is awesome. The, the first time, well, this is kind of funny. That I mean, I mentioned serendipity a few minutes ago, and I'm not a big, like, uh, kismet guy, but it was 2008, and it was the game six, Detroit Chicago, Detroit Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, and I went on uh, Craig's list, and I can get a ticket for 250 bucks, And, I you know, I got a pretty good gut for, for scam modest and whatever. And this guy said, oh, this kid's all right. And a, and a Boston buddy said, hey, go to the Pittsburgh holiday and say you work here. You got a nice, cheap rate. I'll tell you, man, you know, the internet's full of weirdos, but it's also full of good people. And I had a kid from Boston, never met him before. Picks me up at the airport, takes me to Provide the brothers for a bear and a sandwich, drops me right off at the at the igloo. I was like, you know, guy could have been a serial killer for all I knew. but he was <laughs> yeah. perfect gentleman. I still talk to him. He's a great guy. And yeah, I watched the game. I watched Detroit win the cup. And at the end, it's like, all right, I have nowhere to go except the Pittsburgh Hardy, And I'm taking my time out of there. And the old ushers, they just ignored me because they figured I was just some asshole on a cell phone. Oh my God. And I was walking. I was just opening doors and whatever. And I opened one door, and that there was Don Cherry. It was the back of him, <laughs> <laughs> talking in the can of Ninety nine percent of the time, I'd be like, "Hey, Don, I'm from Boston." Blah, blah blah. But I was in a, I was quest for the cup. I was like, "I'm looking for the cup." Next door, I open. I walk in. It's the Detroit Red Wings locker room. Just mayhem, in there. they just wanted. And Dan cleary has got the company's doling sips out. And I was in that locker room for probably 10 seconds. Now, once you're in there, they assume you what's somebody. Don't wait, nobody well, until a little later. Nobody bothers you. And I says, Hey Dan, how about a sip? He's like, Yeah, wait one second. And boom, like within 10 seconds, I was I was drinking out of the Stanley oh, cup. No. I, had no, I had a Bruin, I had a Bruins hat on and a tucked t shirt. I couldn't have been like any more of a Boston <laughs> asshole. And I got thrown out twice. Like I almost got arrested that night. it was well, well worth it. And um, yeah, then I I did the 2004, Tampa. I snuck into that party too. It was it was crazy. But the Bruins, 2011, I actually did have a press pass. The the one I got cool. the picture. So uh yeah, it's been yeah, it's it's been wild. Man, when I look back at it, say that those stories, like holy shit, man! Like all these cup uh, cup connections I've had. A like, cup, I, I say meeting Stanley, and then I just met him again in Tampa back in January. It, this assistant coach for Tampa, I went to college with. He was the first, oh, nice. his very first job. He was the graduate assistant when I was a junior in at uh, North Adams and. He reached out. He you knew I was in town. He said, "Hey, come to this party." And that's the second time I drank out of it. Was uh, just a couple months ago down to Tampa. So, Ugh. yeah, pretty wild stuff. I don't, I don't take for granted.
4: Now, how long were you in there before someone noticed, or did you, or did you just walk okay. out?
1: <laughs> no, all right. We'll yeah. go back to this. We'll yeah, right. go back yeah. to Pittsburgh. So now again, I, I did nothing. I did nothing wrong. Illegal. Like I, I, yeah, I did fool the the, the security into thinking oh, the, all the old guy. Uh, I should think I was on my phone. You know, Bob, that asshole's on his phone, so they ignore me. You know, I'm in the locker room for a pretty good amount of time. They kind of shepherded everybody to the small like hot tub room. The the old eagle had like seven thousand doors. It's an old building. Yes. And i at one point. I finally <laughs> turned my hat around because I got a Bruins logo on it. The old school beer. <laughs> And I'm just, like, soaking it all in. I'm not bothering anybody. Babcock walks in. Hey, congratulations, Cujo. Oh, Thank you very much. He doesn't say, like, who's this guy whatever. Because, again, they assume you're somebody. With... And then all of a sudden, I look, and this guy says, uh, hey, hey, who are you with? And without missing a beat, I goes, oh, I'm with Chelly chris jellios now i've never talked to chris jellios in my life oh Don't my god <laughs> Now, I, I grew up with I, i'm big friends with keith gachuk me and keith go way back our parents are great friends since we, we were in the womb together like literally he's two months older than me our, our mothers were pregnant together and i always said i'm you know i would never drop his name like, you know people get friends who have success sometimes you drop the name yeah i always said i'll never use that but i did that and i was like oh i'm friends with walt well unbeknownst to me unbeknownst to me him and keith had a Union beef. There was a union thing going on, and he just gives a guy like a shrug. Like, I don't know that guy. So a guy oh, tosses no. me. No. And I walk around a little, and there's an, a door, another door, and I just walk back in the store. It's the same fucking room. An <laughs> and I'm same thing. I grab a beer. I mean, I got pictures of Hen- Henrik uh, Zetterberg sitting there with the con smite, and was just sitting there talking. Shit. And I'm again, I'm not bothering anybody. All I turn. I, I lock eyes with the guy, and he's like, "Oh, I was like, oh fuck!" And he looks like the kill. Remember the guy who killed the wife in the fugitive with the one yeah, real Yeah. <laughs> Looked, you, you could tell he was like an old retired police guy who, who was hired to do security. He basketball pounds my head, fucking runs me toward the door and fucking gives me that final shovel at the door over, over the threshold. And there's three ashes there. And Chelios followed him. Chelios was like getting his back. He thought like something happened. I did nothing. The guy could have said, Hey, asshole, if I see you here again, you're getting fucking lugged. I would have left. He made a scene kind of when he didn't have to. And then Chelios like got his back. So now I get Chelios walking away from his party to back up his security guy. And I got three pissed off ushers like, How'd you get in there? I said, I just walked in. No, you didn't. I said, well, you fucking tell me how I got in. You you idiots. <laughs> like, We're paying attention. I didn't say, you idiots. You'll get arrested. So they call the fucking cops. Well, they there might have been cops in the building already. They call the police. I went over, took a piss and might have flushed some things down the toilet while I was in there. And then and then I come out and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm legit ready to get arrested for trespassing. And the cops are like, what's your story? And they said, look, I, I literally walked down the stairs. No one stopped me. I said, I'll, I'll leave if you want. And I got a cab back to the hotel and and that was it. And but here's the, the fucking serendipity part of the story. I'm in the Detroit Red Wings locker room drinking out of Stanley Cup. Fifty yards down the hall is the losing locker room, Pittsburgh Penguins, Ryan Whitney lost the Stanley Cup. We don't know oh, yes. each other yet. And then a couple of years later we we end up meeting up. So it's it's weird, man. Life's funny like that. Oh man, talk about small world.
4: <sighs> yeah, really? Oh wow. Wouldn't want to clean it. Right, right. Uh mm-hmm. Now, speaking of cups, moving on. You know, I I don't know how long ago this might have happened, but I just um, saw the video for the Pink Whitney Cup. As you know, it sounded like a really great cause, um, you know, a really great kind of, you know, I don't know if it was charity tournament or what, but talk about that experience because uh, that was really cool. It's funny, man. I had no
1: idea what I was doing until that morning. We, (laughs) you know, we were in Florida all weekend and we flew right from Florida to New York and, like, oh, the Pink Whitney Cup that's happening on Monday, uh, show up. I wasn't asked to play a coach. Well, I put coach in quotes. <laughs> Probably play in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I literally had no idea. That's why I had the, the hoodie on while I was doing it. And they ended up like, yeah, you're, you're the PM Maguire. You're going to do the interviews before the uh, events, to, between the periods. And I kind of ham and egged it. I just kind of went in, like, almost improv mode. You're just like, I'm going to act like I'm a real journalist and have some fun. And, uh, yeah, we we had no idea what we were doing until so we got there. But it was it was fun because we had a mix of college girls, ladies who – the Division One players, we had gold medal winners there, and we had a bunch of schlub bloggers. So we had this <laughs> real mix of people, and it was it was a fun day. I, I think uh, I think they should do it again and maybe make it private or, or bring a few more teams in because we did the pond hockey tournament uh, last <laughs> winter. This is a little different. This is more of our, boss, our CEO Erica. Uh, she was kind of behind this venture, so I don't know if we're gonna do it again. But I, I had a blast doing it.
2: Very cool. All right. So let's, let's talk a little hockey. Let's talk. I mean, obviously big, big week in the NHL. I know you guys talked about it on your show. We haven't gotten there yet, uh, but with the trade deadline this week, and let's give you the honors, your hometown team, your Boston Bruins, man, Taylor Hall finds himself in Boston looking for a fresh start. And uh, man, boy did it seem like the Bruins kind of fleece the Sabres uh, on that deal. Uh, Anders Bjork, a good player and a second rounder go to Buffalo in the deal, but uh, the former MVP, uh, he's had a rocky few seasons. This guy gets traded in, in, in Hall, uh, surprising those two trades in two years, basically. Uh, uh, what do you expect? Uh, what do you expect? For me, what do you expect a franchise like Boston, a, a team like Boston uh, that is, is pretty well set in its ways? Uh, what are they going to do to get him on track, get him his confidence back?
1: I mean, I... <laughs> I don't want to call it a perfect situation for him, but like this is a guy who got drafted <laughs> to a disaster franchise at the time. Edmonds was a was a mess. Yes. He was a good player. They didn't fix anything around him. There was no leadership there. And you know, they trade him to New Jersey. He wins the MVP. And that's a team that was never really that good either. They were never a contender. And then of course he goes to Arizona, which is like you just kind of go through the motions <laughs> when you play there. And then yeah, he signed with Buffalo for eight million and said he was there, you know, to win. It's like, buddy, just say you're taking the eight mil because that's that's what you're going for. Um, the ruins had one of them. He's always wanted to play here. I think the fact that you, you go into a room with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci and Brad Marchand and, you know, asked there's so much leadership there. There's a winning culture that's been there for 15 years. So people talk about his, you know, oh, he's, a, I don't want to say the word because it's, it doesn't come from any viable source. You know, oh, he's a locker room cancer. I was like, well, nobody's ever said even off the record a player has ever said he's been that it's like, it's just internet shit. Cause if you believe the internet, then the Bruins would have had a fucking Geiger counter at the, at the locker room when, <laughs> when he, when he came down from Buffalo, it's like, no, this guy, I don't think this guy's going to come to into a Bruins locker room and they're not going to let him. I mean, Bergeron's, you know, he's not a forceful leader, but that culture in that room, I think is what, what he needs. He never really had an established culture. And I don't know that he's a leader. He even said, I, I just want to be part of a team. So I think he can explode here. Um, I think he can do really well. He drove down from Buffalo. Hadn't played in 10 days. His set his confidence is shot. He played last night. He was first period, you know, he's kind of lost a little bit. Last two periods, he was involved. I think he contributed to Craig Smith's goal, even though he didn't get an assist. I think the guy's going to be all right. Uh, even if he had a 0-0-0 zero, 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 and they lost in the first round, it's still a risk as far as I'm concerned. Don Sweeney, you have a second-round pick for the guy who was a big name at the deadline. Uh, you mentioned Anders Bjork. He was drafted in 2014. He's been given ample opportunity to kind of latch on here and never really happened. Uh, and now you get Curtis Lazar-, Lazar for half the money. He's going to make your fourth line better. I think that's actually a, a, a low key good pickup for the Bees. And then Mike Riley, they got for, I think, a third rounder in next year for us from Ottawa. He's probably the best move they made, low key, because <laughs> he wasn't a sexy name. You don't think, oh, Mike Riley's going to change the team. But. W- you know, you add him to your top four, and it's just a ripple effect. Like everybody is better everywhere else. Same thing with Pastor and Lazar. So, yeah, I don't know if the, the Bs won the trade deadline more than every other team, but, you know, they're already a contender, and they added three guys who instantly went into the lineup. So, as a fan, I, I'm pretty psyched about the moves.
4: Yeah. but Can we talk about Buffalo for just a second there, R.A.? Oh, uh, uh, oh, like you got to give them an A for effort because, like, It seems like, especially the last couple of seasons, they've made some sort of splashy move. Whether it was, you know, traded for trading for Jeff Skinner and looking at the year he had, or you know, like this year, signing Taylor Hall. Why? Why is it? I mean, why has it not been able to work out? I mean, I know, I know, goaltending has been an issue, but why is just why has it not been able to come together in Buffalo?
1: Um, I I think you have to go to the ownership. I mean, they've had Pagulia there for what a decade now. I mean, I know it was a big deal when he came. You know, he's he's loaded and he, he looks he's invested with the team. But you know, when you put when you've had I you don't know so many X amount of coaches over so many years, X amount of general managers, there's no franchise stability. Like you've got a guy Jack Eichel who should be a I mean, they are he is a franchise center the building around but there's just no there's so much turnover the coaches a turnover the GM's a turnover and then to fix it they bring in you know and I don't mean any disrespect for Kevin Adams, but the guy's never been a, a, an NHL GM before, and this is an absolute fucking disaster mess <laughs> that requires a guy who's been around maybe like a Jim Rutherford guy just pulling a name out of my ass or yeah. Brian Burke wouldn't take the job, but someone of that established nature they need to come in and establish a, a culture of you know accountability and winning, and they haven't had that buffalo. And it's just been rotten. It's just been, it's just been rotten for, for players who get there and they have bad deals. I mean, when you have you know, GMs who make bad deals, like, I mean, Jeff's going to get $9 million a year. He had one, Oof. not one good season, but yeah, that 40 goal season. Yeah. But $9 million for Oof. that long for, for a guy who, I don't know. Yeah. That handicap shit. Kyle, Kyle Ocposo, $6 million a year. They still got a couple of years of that deal. Oof. Piss poor, piss poor money management has led to it. And then you just get a bad culture. There's just, it's just, it's rotten. And I think you got Clean it all out and and start fresh. But Buffalo's just—I don't know. I will say though, since they snapped the losing streak, they have been a different team. I think the guys almost like it's almost liberating to know that they're just playing for whatever. Like I feel like there's no pressure on yeah on the right sure. now. They gave the Browns a hell of a game last night, and I think I think they're going to give the Browns a hell of a game a few more times in the series coming up. But um yeah, I would love to see them do well. I don't, I'm not a Buffalo fan, but th- the city has great fans, and they deserve better. And, and I hope they get it someday. <laughs>
2: For uh, to translate for us uh, in the Cleveland area, Buffalo was the Browns for a long time. (laughs) Just just coaches coming and going. GM's coming and going. You don't even know who's going to coach next game next year. Who cares? Uh, Now, obviously, we with the Browns have got that figured out. Uh, But yeah,
1: you just described the Cleveland Browns. It's fine. Uh, I I cut you off real quick. When I was a kid, I was actually a Cleveland Browns fan as a kid. Well, come on. Let's go. And you know how how you're a kid, the the most simplistic thing makes you a fan. What what was the first name of, of the great quarterback in the early 80s?
4: which Bernie Bur- Bur- Browns, Brian. Not,
1: not Bernie, Brian, Brian there you go. and then when your you're name? eight years old and a quarterback has your name, that you get, that's how you get hooked. So I was a huge Brian site fan. Cause my name's Brian. And I was a, a low key Browns fan back on the Brian site area. Yeah. Get you
2: some number 17 jerseys. Love I, it.
1: I do. If you, I a hundred percent, I, I legit have a Brian site uh, Jersey. I, I don't for my fantasy football drafts. <laughs>
2: nice. I love it. Nice. Right. All right. We're just going to take that as you are just always a Browns fan. Yeah. And sure, we don't have to talk that. about the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So let's bring it here to Ohio in the NHL, the Blue Jackets. Uh, it's been a hard week for Jackets fans uh, seeing just fan favorite players just getting shipped off, right? Nick Felino, uh, you, you're hard pressed to find a more beloved guy in a city playing for a franchise than Nick Felino was in Columbus. David Savard, Riley Nash, just fan favorite, good veteran players all get shipped off. However, unlike the Sabres, there's this glimmer of hope that's going on with the Blue Jackets, with the fan base, with the media, uh, and, and a lot of people around the league celebrating the returns the Jackets got for these guys. Uh, uh, Yarmo himself came out in an interview and said, listen, uh, we are reloading. Uh, and it, it certainly seems like the Jackets are poised for a pretty quick turnaround because this has been a very disappointing season.
1: Yeah, we talked about this on our show recently. It's, you know, we had great things about Columbus. Like, the people love – Love the guys yeah. who play there love playing there, but they there is obviously a problem with keeping guys there. Like, I mean, guys are uh, talented. They, they've lost, you know, obviously, line A, Nash left. Is has uh, been a litany of stars who, who, who like it there, but they end up leaving – but I'll tell you, man, Yamo Kikolini is a great GM. Like, he doesn't – he gives these guys up. Obviously, Savad's a UFA. The uh, Felino's UFA. He, he got a couple first-rounders. Yeah. But it's like, okay, you're going to get these first-round picks. And I'm like, where are they going to be in 10 more years? Are, they, are you going to be trading them for, for more picks? It's like I wish the franchise just had no more stability but an ability to keep these guys. And I don't think it's the fault of the team or the GM or I think guys just have, you know, the, the greener pastures thing. The, the grass is always greener for, for some of these guys. But – um, you know, I don't think Yamo's going anywhere. You guys were so close the last year when you beat Tampa, uh, not last year, the, the playoffs before, right? Um, you know, but right now it's like, you know, you got Lining and Tortorella kind of button heads. Tortorella's a I don't call him lame duck, but he's in the last year of his contract. Yeah, if you're a Columbus fan, things things aren't ideal right now. You, you thought things would be better for, for this season. Uh, Felino could be back, he's gonna go to Toronto as, as a UFA. Uh, Savard, same deal. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's a steady, obviously solid defenseman, but. It is, it sucks to see these guys you've had for so long go to other places. And um, yeah, I would prob- probably be frustrated if I was a Columbus fan too, that, you know, you're not maybe a little more higher up. Well,
2: you see, it, it, that frustration can turn into, we're going to see what happens with torts. Uh, yeah. You know, I I I think everybody is starting to prepare for a coaching search. However, uh, we'll see what they do. I, I'd be, I'd be surprised if they picked three first round players uh, in the draft, you got three first round draft picks that can get turned into a lot of different stuff. Uh, and the rumors are already starting to swirl about which players might be on the block in the offseason and all that. So, you know, as hard as it is to watch those guys go, it's setting up to be a fairly exciting off season, I think for, for the blue jackets, uh, uh, which would be nice after what we've, what we've endured this blue jackets team that isn't very good offensively anyways. And then all of a sudden defensively, they weren't any good this year either. Uh, it's been a long season to be a Blue Jackets fan.
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you, we had uh, Elvis lekins on uh not last season, the season before. He was h- hilarious. We love oh, having the Euro- the Europeans on. Like I said, we just <laughs> interviewed David Pasternak earlier. But yeah, Columbus, is it's like a franchise you're for. I mean, you want every franchise to have stability, but it seemed like you guys were on the cusp of maybe becoming a contender and then. You know, you kind of dropped off a little bit, but you know, I think Yamo's the guy to, to get it done. John Davidson has, has a pretty good track record, too. But, uh, you know, it, it is, I would say, maybe a concern that you guys get these superstars and they don't want to stay. It, it's like, you know, and, and that, you know, whatever, you don't want to pay a guy nine million and 10 million, but uh, hopefully it's not a, an issue going forward because, like I said, I've never been to Columbus, but everybody who, who goes there absolutely loves it. And Felino is probably a perfect example. He's already put his roots down there. and, you know, he's going to live there after he retires.
4: Yeah. I, um, it's, uh, Elvis is great. Wasn't he? Like, a, like I work, like, all right. I work for the monsters you know, in, in the American league. Okay. So, uh, yeah. he, he got sent down when he, me. and this was his first year that he came over after he just had a big season over in Finland, I believe it was. Uh, um, and then he just came over, but you just could tell the confidence and like the charisma was just kind of oozing off of him Cause they sent him down to Cleveland for uh, just to get some conditioning, just to get, just to get a game in. And it goes, the thing he comes down there, first thing he says to us, he goes, I didn't come to America to play in the American league. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> yeah, great. No, you gotta love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You gotta love that confidence.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's talk about the Leafs here. All right. Uh, you know, it, it's a team. Yeah. It's a team that's like, has sort of felt cursed, like all the talent in the world. And, and, and they just can't, you know, get it done in the playoffs. Cup seem just impossible, but, like this year at the trade deadline, you know, you add a guy like Felino, you add a guy like David Riddick, uh, what, you know, what does a guy like Nick bring to that team?
1: He certainly brings playoff grit, which they need. I mean, they're, they're a very skillful team. I, I don't know that they have, you know, a, a ton of grit, uh, which he's going to bring. I, I don't, they, they call him a top six, but I don't know you're going to see him in the first line with, with all that offensive firepower, but yeah, I think he'll bring maybe some accountability people, people will kind of follow his lead. Um, I, I I don't know that it's gonna put him over the top. I mean, David Riddick was obviously a, a, it's a backup goalie. I know he played last night. They they throw him in, but he's you know he's probably the number two, number three goalie. That was an insurance move. Um, what's it? Not Riley Nash, another guy you guys traded over to him. He's a depth guy. I mean, he's a f- fourth liner. It's not not a difference maker. Um, uh, you know, Toronto. Yeah, they've they've been snake bitten since 1967. Here in Boston, we love we love messing with them. We've not <laughs> – come <laughs> out of the playoffs three times and it'll be hilarious to play them again this year, but you know, Austin Matthews has been absolutely killing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's on a torrid pace. He's a great kid. I love watching him play. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, as much respect as I have for Felino's game, it's, I don't think it's a move that puts them over the top. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, that he's going to have that playoffs now and you know, that'll go good with, with the veterans and the team, but it's going to be interesting to see just, just how much Toronto improves, but yeah, I, it's not like, Oh, that's, that's a piece they needed. They're over the top. It's going to be tough for, for, for anyone, for every
4: team. Is that, grit, is that grit that you just mentioned, what holds them back this year, you think? Like, what holds them back from winning the Cup?
1: Um, well, it's been goaltending, to be honest. I mean, yeah. uh, Freddie Anderson is, you know, he, he can play a great game and then not, a not-so-great game. And, you know, the Leafs have, had stuck with him for the last few years. And, you know, again, he's been a, a regular season great goaltender. I think he struggled in the playoffs. But this year, you, you got Campbell in there. And what a great story. He's been so far. He was drafted by Dallas and – Kind of panned out there. He ends up in L.A., gets down on the East Coast, refines his game, gets to Toronto, and he's a beloved guy in that room. Um, you know, but I don't, he doesn't have a proven track record in the playoffs, not to say he can't do it this year, but uh, I think, like any team, goaltending is the key for them. If they can get that type of goaltending in the postseason with Campbell, then, yeah, maybe they can make make a, a run for it, run for it. But uh, that, that's been their bugaboo a little bit, yeah.
2: All right, so let's do some quick hitters, NHL, sure. before we get into something I'm very excited about uh, towards the end here. But uh, a couple of quick hitters: uh, the Caps give up everything, the half of the U.S. Senate uh, to to bring in Anthony Mantha. Uh, he comes in and scores in his debut. What was your
1: thought on that trade? We, that was the most shocking trade of, of yeah. the deadline. I thought like, I mean, Detroit just signed this kid in November file four or five year deal, $23 million, like out of the future. That's usually what that stuff means. And then, you know, Stevie, Y trades in the Washington for, you know, Jacob around is a nice little player. Not nice, he's a great player 25 yeah. goals. He's a restricted free agent. Richard panic is, you know, pretty, you know, he's whatever depth forward guy, but he got a couple picks, but yeah, that, that was a, a head scratch. You're like, okay, they gave this guy all the money and, you just, you know, but I've learned to question not question Stevie Eisman in the GM position. He was fantastic <laughs> down in Tampa with it. I mean, I know he didn't get his name in the cup last year, although his fingerprints were all over it. Uh, yeah, that was a shocking move to, to, that they dealt him. Uh, Washington, they lose a little bit of depth because they lost two guys, but Anthony Manther is a presence in, in a uh, dynamic that they didn't have before. They have now. Um, you know, I think it's it's an, an improvement for them. But that was that was by far the shocker of the deadline.
4: Now I know Wit won't think so, but does Palmieri and Zajac make the Islanders less boring? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, I think it just keeps keeps you know. There's a program in place there, yeah. and they're gonna they're <laughs> gonna buy right into it. You know, they they know Lou uh, Palmieri's a great power play goal scorer, and he's I thought he was a great pickup. And they you know they did they did give up a first rounder, but for what they got, they really didn't give up too much. I mean, basically a first rounder for you know Palmieri and um, Zajac who. You know he's a great utility guy. I think Trotz can plug him in where wherever he needs.
4: And is Trotz the Gordon Bombay of uh, the NHL? Like could <laughs> could he just could he just go to any team and just they just automatically start winning, <laughs> and they just they just turn it around? You know what? It, it took a
1: while, but like he was, I think because he was in Nashville for so long, they were, they were very competitive they didn't have, they never really had a great team that yeah. had group. They had guys who bought in and guys who played hard and he was a great coach, but their roster was never like that big, good of a roster where they were going to compete. And I think he was kind of a, uh, you know, not, not unknown, but people didn't realize how good of a coach he was until he got to uh, Washington and you know, he won, he won the cup there. And, gets to the island and he has an established system and he does it this way. And I think the combination of him and Lou has just been perfect. And like I said on the show, it wouldn't shock me one bit if the island is where to win the Stanley Cup this year.
2: Speaking of another team that's making a push. That's surprising. uh, The Panthers for real.
1: That's a million dollar question. Again, goaltending, uh, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky, they give him $10 million as a free agent. Uh, wasn't worth it the last year. This year he's been better, uh, but the regular season doesn't matter what a guy like Kimmett So What are you going to do in the playoffs? And then you got Chris Drigo who's coming along and his numbers are unreal. And I mean, he can argue that he's the number one goalie on that team. Uh, but until you do it, I'm not going to believe in you. And the Panthers haven't done really anything in the playoffs since fucking '96, I think, when they went that, that cup run with Van Beesbrook. Yes. Uh, until you, until they do it, you're not going to believe it, but they have a ton of skill down there. You know, by Bar, is office, uh, who though, those guys are unheralded. If they were in New York oh, yeah. or Boston, uh, New York, affiliate, Superstars. Montreal, you Superstars. would not, <laughs> not hit the end of those guys, but because they're kind of buried in Florida, we don't hear a lot about them. I know we lost <laughs> that cloud. That's a huge loss, but yeah, Florida until they actually scare you, you, you're not scared of them, but you know, uh, you, you want to keep an eye on them too. Cause they are pretty talented.
2: Somehow the Pittsburgh Penguins got older. <clears throat> and they brought in Jeff Carter. Uh, but they're a team that's playing pretty well right now. I I, uh, I was born and raised a Pens fan. Uh, I shouldn't admit that to the Blue Jackets faithful. <laughs> but, uh, man, slow start to the year, but they're playing much better, uh, even without Malkin in the lineup. Like, uh, what does Carter bring, and and, and are the Pens still a team? Because they were always that team that could be the fourth, fourth or fifth seed in the conference, but they would scare the shit out of you as the fourth or fifth seed. Are they still a team that scares anybody in the playoffs?
1: Oh, 100%. You know, I mean, you got Sid Crosby. If Ma- Malcolm comes back, you're going to be scared of that. Um, and yeah, Jeff Cotter, that's a great addition, man. I know he's 36. He's not as fast as he used to be, but he's, he can still score. I said on the show this week that that reminds me of the type of move of like Jeff Cotter can score 10, 12 playoff games. Just put him on the line with Sidney Crosby. I mean, the guy's a, a bona fide goal scorer. He can make some plays. Again, he's got a few ticks on him, but uh, I thought that was a, a really solid move by Pittsburgh. But, um, Again, it, like, <laughs> it's another team. What, what kind of goaltending are they right. going to get in the playoffs from Jerry and or DeSmith? I know DeSmith's been better lately, but, you know, they they said, hey, they were done with Murray. They let him go to Ottawa. Um, so, again, that's another team. I know it beating the same drum with goaltending, but that's such a huge factor. Yeah. But I did love the Jeff Carter bull for them because I think, you know, you could put him with he's so talented, put him with Malkin or, or, or um, Crosby. And, like I said, if he scored 10, 12 goals in, in a playoff run, wouldn't surprise me at all.
2: All right, so – one of the big reasons the Bruins won the Cup in 2011, uh, Lucic just played his thousandth game. You you brought that up already. Have you properly celebrated the achievement?
1: Are you still a Lucic fan? Oh yeah, always, always a Lucic fan. I mean, like any any time guys win a Cup in your city or any uh, or Super Bowl or World Series or NBA title, you're just forever in love with those guys. Yes. Nice to love Kevin McKay uh, and the Celtics in the 80s, except for Kyrie Irving, because <laughs> apparently. <laughs>
2: When you leave and go to Boston and then badmouth the shit out of the city on your way no, out, that that hurts. He,
1: yeah, but he didn't want shit here. So, like, <laughs> that's you know, right. Yeah, that's he's right. A fucking head case, man. Like, you know, when, when he came here, it was like he had his LeBron shit. And yeah, you know, chalk it up to LeBron. And he was a dang, he was awesome here. And then he just fucking loses it. It's like, dude, this, like, Boston opened its arms to that guy. And he went fucking ape shit on us and fucking left. And now he's doing the same. Well, he's succeeding in, in, in New, uh, New Jersey, but. Yeah, go back to Lucci. Those are guys you always have an affinity for, and you know, I I mentioned in the blog today, a 1,000 games, of course, he got in a fight in his 1,000 games, but yeah, it it was great to see, man. I mean, he's a guy who third-round pick, a lot of people thought he was going to go right back to uh, juniors in, in his camp, and he fought and beat the shit out of a bunch of guys he ended up sticking, and yeah, man. I hope to, I hope to bump into him again someday and have have a few beers with him because uh, everybody in Boston loves Luigi. He he helped reestablish the Bruins the prominence in this league after they were shitbums for yes. a long time. So everybody here loves loves him and what he did. I think toward the end it was like, you know, okay, like he he was kind of looked like he wanted to get out of here. He was a free agent. And, you know, he was. I, I, it looked like it was the end. It wasn't like a bad bad breakup, but he, it was like, okay, man, maybe it's time for him to go. And, yeah, you know, it, it seemed like he was antsy to get out of here, but we we loved his uh his stay here, and you know again we'll we'll always he wanted to pay for a beer as long as people are <laughs> around here.
4: Now I know this is going back a little bit, but we haven't really had a chance to ask any you know hockey guest about this. Was the Tim Peel situation just massively blown out of proportion?
1: Oh, oh um the the microphone thing yes yeah, this, the Tim is always something um. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, was one, it was one of those cases where, like, yeah, like everybody does it, but he 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 put it on the fucking microphone. So yes, they, I it put the NHL in a position where they had to do something. But like Whitney who in the show, every ref calls it like that. They 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 uh-huh. manage a game. That's what he was doing. The mistake was him singing it, so people heard it. Now I don't know how it ended up on the TV broadcast. That was a mystery to me. Um, you know, Tim Peel was a controversial ref. He, I don't know if he was the, the best of of his crew. You know, he did that shot, took the picture with Wyshynski a few years ago, and that was a big controversy. And, yes. Yeah, he, but the fact that he was retiring, the NHL tried to make it look like they were disciplining him. It's like all they did was, you know, kick him off the thing. He's still going to get paid. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It looked like a dog and pony show when the NHL did that. But, yeah, his mistake was was saying, uh, saying it on the microphone what, what they all do. But, you know, I don't think he's a bad guy. He just He just screwed up.
2: See, that's what I, that was my, people were making him out like he was Tim Donaghy from the NBA. Like no, he was like yeah. cheat. Like I'm like, and I know it happened against the Preds. So Joe, Joe loves the Preds. Uh, he was not thrilled about it, but I'm like, man, every ref in every sport, if you've seen, have you ever watch baseball, some, an umpire will miss a strike call and then the next one will be an obvious ball, will call it a strike. Like you just, you get makeup calls. It is what it is. Uh, so I was saying the same thing yeah. you were.
1: Yeah, right. you, I mean, you know, it's coming. Every, everybody says it when you're watching. Right, so, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: No, no, no. Just you're right, though. Just don't say it on the microphone is probably the best way to 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 avoid that. Uh, all right. Three last things real quick. Uh, playoff things. We're coming up on the playoffs. Uh, so three quick questions. Which team can you see making like a surprise run in the playoffs? Obviously, people think Toronto can make a run. People think Washington. Whatever. But which team do you think can make a surprise deep run into the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now those those teams are so high in the standings that it, it wouldn't be a bunch of muscle, much of a surprise that Washington or Toronto goes and runs. But I would look, I would say, let me take take a quick look here while we're shooting the breeze, <laughs> <laughs> who, who sneak up on you. Um, you know who I think t- a team that people are sleeping on is Winnipeg. Hmm. You know, Connor okay. Hellebuck is a Vesno goalie. He's yes. he's fantastic. They they didn't really make any big moves. I know they picked up um, what's his name, the defenseman Ben, not Nutt- Joe. Uh, Jordy's brother, what the, what the hell, uh, Jamie, Jamie. No, yeah, Jordy, Jordy, they picked up Jordy, Ben, you know, not a huge move. It's a good move for, you know, the defense, but I think that's a team people are sleeping on. Like I said, Hellebuck's a fantastic goalie. They got some dynamic goal scorers. They picked up Dubois in the line eight trade. Excuse me. It wouldn't shock me one bit if, if you see Winnipeg in the final four. All
2: right. So which teams do you think face off in the finals?
1: In the oh, no, In the Stanley finals. Cup finals uh let's see here um I'll say which I'll tell you what is great about this year is that the combinations could be anybody which, yes which is fantastic I mean the idea of you know I know it's a long ways away but Boston playing Montreal in the Stanley Cup Finals is a dream yeah. but I will say um oh god I'll joke. go with Winnipeg and um I'm not gonna be a homer and say Boston. I'm gonna say Winnipeg and Tampa in the, okay. in the finals. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and that that's quite great. a flight. Like, yeah, well, that's it. That is there's no conferences this year. They're gonna just seed them after one through four. So like I, like I said, it. the possibilities are awesome of who could be who could be in the finals in the semis. But yeah, let's say Winnipeg, Tampa. I wouldn't mind if they kept that, by the way. Just keep that. Just I, just I wouldn't either. The see them one through sixteen or one through eight on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Well, and think about what it like you just said. Think think about the the the
2: incredible like what if Montreal and Boston played for the Stanley Cup like that is inc- I, it makes me think why does any sport do the stupid conference thing like yeah. if you're a football fan like I'm we're Browns fans the Browns and the Steelers going up for the Super Bowl like why what that would be amazing why does any sport do that so yeah I, I would love to see them continue that uh, all right so awesome hockey talk but. Uh, you are super well-known for one last thing. We definitely want to get into this real quick with you. You're a movie sure. guy. You're the movie guy. Uh, uh, everybody that we talk to, hey, when you when you talk to RA, ask him about this, ask him about these movies, whatever. We've done some movie chat on the Garage Beers podcast a little bit. Uh, right. For example, and I'm interested to hear your answer on this. We'll give you some examples. I have been waiting all day to bring this up to you. We did our best sports movie moments of all time. Our favorites. So, like, for me, it may be cliche, but I'm a baseball guy. I love the, the James Earl Jones speech in Field of Dreams is one of my favorite sports movie moments of all time. Chad, I don't remember what Chad's was. It was something.
4: I have so something. many. You can't even, like, you can't okay. even fucking. But, want, but like, nobody you know, cares
2: about me or Chad because we we bring it around the horn and we go to Joe, and Joe says that his favorite sports movie movie moment of all time, of all time, any sports movie <laughs> Is when Ricky Bobby stabs himself in the leg (laughs) with a knife in Talladega Nights. He said that's his favorite sports movie moment of all time. One, is that even fair play? And two, what would you say is your favorite sports movie moment of all time?
1: Yeah, I mean the Ricky Bobby staff, Hey, if that if that's his call, that's that's his call. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dump on it. But uh, my my favorite sports movie moment of all time. I know the obvious thing would as an American would be to say Miracle. So I'm gonna avoid that because it's just easy and too cliched. I mean, I'm a slap shot guy, through and through. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's not even a question what the best hockey movie is ever. It's probably the best sports movie ever. There's such a realism to it. Uh, it actually was very prescient because it was about minor league teams moving to other cities and owners using tax haven teams. And it, it was actually like stuff that would happen like just shortly years after it would actually yes. kind of saw the future pretty well. That screenplay was pretty brilliant that um, I, Nancy Dowd wrote, uh, actually. But my favorite moment from that movie, I mean, there's so goddamn many of them. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess at the end when, when, uh, what's his name? Ned Braden skating around with, with, with this, just this couple. and just kind of making a mockery of the whole situation. I mean, that, that comes to mind. Like, you know, he's and, and it's funny. He's like, what's this? this is embarrassing hockey. And it's like, wait a minute. You guys just, you know, fought for the whole fucking season. It was kind of poking fun at that whole thing, but I have to go at slap shot. I'll go at that scene just because it's the end of the movie, but you could literally pick any, any of them. Um, uh, it's not really a, a victory scene, but you know, we're on the buses and you got right back where we started from. Like, you know, that's a classic song playing. And oh yeah. got the Hanson fan club. And that, that to me is the, the, the iconic moment of that movie with, you know um, the, the fan club next to them. And you look like my mother. And the <laughs> <strong> <laughs> and, you know, that that's just, that's just iconic to me.
2: We, uh, we in Cleveland, I think everybody loves slap shot from here because they incorporated it. It started way back when the lumberjacks were in Cleveland in the IHL. And it's gone all the way through now to the monsters and the HL. They 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 ripped off the Hanson brothers, and they've got these guys called the Mullet Brothers, and they just dress like the Hanson brothers basically. And they skate around and just do stupid shit when there's dead time on the ice. Uh and it and it's great. So uh they they they've been doing that in Cleveland for 30 years. Uh and so we have our little taste of the Hanson Brothers every hockey game we go to.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking Cleveland hockey, we got to give a shout out to the old Cleveland Barons. Right. I, know they, I know they weren't there right. all that long. The California Seals moved to Cleveland. Of course, yeah. they got absorbed by the Minnesota North Stars. But mm-hmm. just want to give props. I'm an old logo nerd, so the
4: Barons, and then the was it them and the, or uh, the Crusaders that were in the NHL for a while? years? For, for it couple was just years. the Barons. The Barons, just the yeah. Barons. Okay. Yeah, the
1: Seals, the, yeah, the Seals became the Barons, and the Barons and North Stars were both doing terribly financially. So the, the North Stars essentially absorbed. Cleveland, uh they, they, you know, it was a weird, a weird thing that happened. But if you trace the NHL history, of the teams, you can get lost. It's, yeah. it's like a maze. Oh, so out. Oh, so
2: see, Cleveland, Cleveland basically played in the Stanley Cup Finals last sure.
1: year. Boom. I mean, the, boom, the, the DNA, Yeah, the Cleveland DNA is it's part of the. <laughs> the Dallas
4: Stars, 100% That's right. you know yeah
1: I love absolutely
4: it. you know what hockey movie I have I haven't have seen that I've heard is pretty good have you guys seen it I, I've, I haven't seen goon I've never seen goon oh
1: fantastic <laughs> fantastic cult hockey movie uh Jay Barishal did a fantastic job with that yeah it's 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 funny man you gotta check it out it's kind of like a little brother slap shot I mean I, I mean it's same type of thing. It's, it's actually loosely based on a true story of a guy from just outside Boston, Doug Smith, oh. never played high school hockey. They put him out on skates. He couldn't skate, but he could fight on skates. So he played <sighs> high school like late to senior year, ended up getting signed to the HL just to strictly fight. I mean, that tends to name Goon. Yeah. Uh, and then so- somebody wrote a book on him uh, probably 20 years ago. It wasn't like a bestseller. Yeah. And Barrischell got the rights for it and they ended up turning into the movie Goon. So it's very loosely based on, on a true not very it's based on a true story about Doug Smith, who at the end of the Goon, if you watch it, they have a clip of him. Just yeah. the guy who could fight on the ice and, and he and he went all the way up to a- AHL despite not really playing in high school and not really being able to skate that good and got a movie out of it. Oh shit. I- yeah, definitely yeah. worth checking out. A lot of lot of lot of funny stuff, a lot of accuracy. <laughs> Sean Williams Scott stiff from American Pie did a great job. Yeah. The, uh, what's his name? Lev Schreiber.
2: You are famous. You're, you're well known for knowing all kinds of like documentaries and like D list movies and like everything. You're just a movie guy. One of our other favorites on garage beers. So I'm interested to hear uh, if you know any of these, uh, we love the, we've, we've talked about it many times. We love the D list, like terrible horror movies. Okay. Right. Like the real cheapo ones that you're probably going to find only on like Netflix that are just awful. Uh, Chad has brought up a, a classic called Monsterd. Uh, Thanks, Killing is a classic. Uh, do you have any good, just awful D-list horror movies that we should go find?
1: I don't. I, I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a snob. Like with movies, I have become. I wasn't always a snob, but. I, I, I get the idea of sitting down just letting your brain not have to think like Godzilla versus Kong. Perfect popcorn movie. Yeah, yes. Smoke a bone, put that on. Right. And, and, you know, it's like, look at it. There's a giant lizard and gorilla fucking wrestling over Hong Kong. Perfect. <laughs> just sit there and not not have to think. But I, at the same time, it's like, right, if I'm going to sit here and watch a movie for an hour and a half, two hours, I want it to be something that I, I want. And, uh, that's just not my wheelhouse. I'm not gonna, you know, <laughs> that's, I, that's I, fine. I, it's just not my wheelhouse yeah. to, to to watch those type of things. And I don't, I never judge. It. Hey, whatever people like, they like. Whatever floats your boat. Um, you know, I'd rather put on maybe like a, a 70s movie that I've been meaning to watch for 20 years instead of, you know, whatever
4: Dragon Combo, whatever the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean a giant piece of shit coming out of a toilet killing people? Is it your thing? All yeah, right, yeah, that's not your thing. Yeah, that's
1: Hey, I, hey I, I get it from a, like a goofy entertainment perspective, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I, oh, I'd awful. rather watch something. Yeah. I'd rather watch something that, you know, uh, that I'm more likely to enjoy and remember, I suppose. All
2: right. So give us your like one or two movies you are most excited about this year.
1: Well, this year, um, I'll tell you, one I'm looking forward to seeing the many saints of Newark. It's these uh, the prequel. Mo- it's a movie, but it's a prequel to the Sopranos. Ooh, nice. and James nice. G- Gandolfini's son Michael plays the young Tony Soprano. Yeah, nice. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen him in anything or if you've seen interviews with him. He sounds just like his father. Like he looks like him. He sounds like him. It's I don't know if he's as good of an actor as his dad was. Because Gandolfini was a phenomenal actor. Um, I'm looking forward to the, the many saints of Newark that's coming out. Um, shit, I, I wish I prep a little more for that thing because there's, there's not a ton coming out because production has been right. shut down. Things have things have been pretty quiet. But that's definitely what I want to see. Um oh is it well, is there any, anything else you can I'm trying to think of what's coming out. I'm just drawing a blank because like I said, it's been a dead slate. Movie theaters are closing. We've lost two, we've only had four movie theaters in Boston two of them closed oh. in the last year. So it's it's uh it, it's it's tough, man. It's, it's tough to see your movie theaters closing. Hopefully they get back up. Movies coming out in 21. Uh, I gotta I gotta check because I know there's a few more. Many stinks they know what oh D- yeah, Dune, everybody's got a hard on for Dune. I, I don't know, like the first one sucked. I know Dennis Villain Wave is a fantastic director. Blade Runner 2049 is fantastic. Uh oh, here we go. Top gun Maverick. People <laughs> people like you don't like Top Gun. I'm like, no, I saw Top Gun when I was 13 years old right in my wheelhouse and I thought it stunk. I, it was like Ow. a PR, it was like a PR movie for the, for the Navy. It's uh, a drive, jet. jets. It was not like I was up a, a war, but no, there was no country. There were just jets flying around. It was, I don't know. I, I'm not lying. Top Gun did absolutely nothing for me. I, I know people get shocked <laughs> when they say it, but uh, I could give a shit less about Top Gun. Yeah. I, I mean, Rick but to Tom Cruise
2: just in his, in his shirt and jeans playing volleyball.
1: Yeah. How do you not, I, not I mean, love
4: that? Yeah,
1: I mean, oh, yeah, him and him and Val yeah, yeah, what a
4: rocket! What a rocket! Stuff. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, there's whole more,
1: whole more eroticism off the chats in that scene. But, yeah, I mean, even looking ahead, there's just like there's there's not like a shitload coming. I mean, Space Jam, the new one. I I I was too old to see the last one. I could give a shit less about that one. But yeah, there's it's just a lot of sequels coming up. I know. Um, what's his name? Paul uh, Wes Henderson. I know he's making a new movie. I, I don't know if it's coming out in 21, but. Yeah. The many cents in Norfolk is the only one that I, that's really coming to my, to my head that I definitely want to see next year. Awesome. There's uh, a lot of trash, man. It's just a lot of bad movies. <laughs>
2: it's a lot of bad. It's a lot of bad. Well when, the, well, when they're not making any money, it's hard to make good movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. Well, all right, man, this has been awesome. Uh, again, rear Admiral from the spitting chick chicklets podcast, go find him all over online. Don't mess with him on Twitter. He will probably yeah. own you on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Hey, look, I'm nice go, until
1: you until you provoke me.
2: Well, we're not. We are staying <laughs> off of that uh, forever. Listen, man, we really, really appreciate you taking the time to jump onto the Garage Beers podcast with us. We had a great time with you, and uh, we look forward to listening to many, many more episodes of Spit and Chicklets with you and the boys. Thank you so much. All right.
1: Likewise, boys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated, and keep knocking them dead.
2: All right, and thank you once again goes out to the host of the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Go follow him on Twitter at Rear Ads. Uh, rear ad BS blog, rear ad BS blog. It's a hard name to say at the at, but rear admiral, just go find him. He'll be the first thing that pops up when you type in rear admiral, go follow spitting chick. Let's check out that podcast. Uh, it's amazing him and, and Ryan Whitney and, and Paul Bissonette and the crew uh, talking hockey. Our thanks go out to rear admiral for joining us, for talking some hockey boys. Uh, uh, we got through <laughs> it. The, the, the Boston, I don't think the Boston accent came through that hard on the, on the show tonight.
3: It was there. It was there. At it times. was there. You know, yeah. you know what that what your little plug right there reminded me of though? <laughs> is Paul Rudd on hot takes when he's like uh when he's like uh whoever thought we got here? He's like, mm, not me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who who would have yeah. thought we would have been plugging Spitting spitting chiclets? Not us. Yeah, not no, us. yeah like the,
2: no. spitting chiclets is just relying on plugs yeah. from the garage. Right. Podcast. Go check out
3: this really, you might not have heard of it. It's called spin chiclets. I know yeah. it's a pretty niche <laughs> uh, uh, podcast,
2: but. Oh shit. Hey, listen, man, uh, we're a year into this thing and it's, it's awesome. Uh, having spit and chiclets on, we're all hockey fans, having, having, uh, RA on man, uh, just a legendary thing they're doing over there. And he was great with us talking movies, talking hockey dude knows everything. Uh, uh, about the game and uh, uh, and man, some good perspective uh, on everything going down. Uh, I was interested to hear his take on the Winnipeg Jets. He picked them to go to the Stanley Cup finals, pretty Ooh.
4: interesting team. Everybody's sleeping on, and which is, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I <laughs> up until he said that, I think I was sleeping on them too. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna have to pay more attention to Winnipeg. Wake it up, Chad! Yeah, wake it up! Yeah, you wake it up. I will, you lock it up.
2: All right, boys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, as always, though, we're going to finish on a good note. So think of something good that's mm. going on in your lives, in the world, mm. something. We always finish on our three cheers of the week. I'm going to start with a personal one. Uh, uh, the wife, the family, my wife, my son, my unborn child. We've moved out of our house about a month ago. We're, we're tenant living in the in-laws house right at the moment. I'm sitting in the basement Joey grew up in, uh, but they Grew They're up and threw up in. Grew Hello. and threw. Yeah, it still stinks. Uh, we they are starting to. Uh, we're building the house. They're starting to build uh, tomorrow. Nice. The, the hole gets dug tomorrow, boys. Nice. So pretty soon there's going to be wood and f- fucking drywall Mater- materials and, and, and some glass ma-
4: materials
2: and some cement,
4: <laughs> and it's going to be wonderful. Oh. Uh,
2: no, listen, when, when they called us today and they're like, yeah, well, we're going to dig it tomorrow. I was just like, Oh, Oh, it's great. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, that's, that's my cheer of the week is to the builders that are, that are making me a house cheers to you and hurry up. That's pretty funny. Like
3: we're both getting holes dug tomorrow, except mine's like already kind of
1: <laughs> yeah. mine's already kind of there. Cause it's a
3: sinkhole and yours is a house. So
4: little foundation for the new house.
2: uh Okay, uh so that was my cheer, Chad. What's your cheer of the week? uh I don't know.
4: My cheers is going to go out to Rite Aid uh, because because yeah, let's I, go Rite Aid. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right Rite Aid. No, it's our first <laughs> cheer year, see? ever a, What? What? Oh, your wait, photo department do... is the shit. <laughs> yeah, you develop my pictures <laughs> they back knew in the zero day. That dollars like, marketing no would
3: pay off at some point. <laughs> <You>
4: develop, like <laughs> pictures back in the day like no other uh yeah no i'm getting my second shot of the vaccine at right Aid tomorrow so shout out Rite a
2: yeah yeah Woo-hoo! uh i had my uh i don't know if everybody else has gotten theirs i had mine last week friday mm-hmm. um it just fyi not to scare you but it knocked me on my ass for about 24 hours yeah okay. it was i couldn't keep my eyes open i was sleeping all day i tried to get up i would go back to sleep Uh, I think I had a fever at night, but I didn't check it, but I certainly had the chills like crazy. Uh, But you know what? In the end, and I think Joe, uh, and you could tell your story too, but I think you mentioned this to your sister. Uh, It's different when all that's happening and you know, you're not getting sick. You're just recovering from a vaccine. And then, you know, you're done with the vaccine. So like I'm sitting there with the chills, like, I don't care, bitch. This is (laughs) great. Uh, It's like, it's
3: like, it's like you're suffering, but you don't have to worry about it. Cause like. You like definitely know it's gonna be over. Like if you're yeah. sick, you
2: don't know when that's that shit's gonna be done. Joe, your your thing lasted for days. Mine
3: sucked. I got mine on Monday. It's Wednesday as we're recording this. And uh my fever, well, I don't I'm in a hotel and I have a fucking thermometer with me, but uh <laughs> what
2: I thought was <laughs> you don't a have fever, hotel thermometers. Basically Rec- me sweating my ass off
3: sitting on my couch didn't end until two p.m. today. <laughs> uh I, I definitely had a rough reaction, but my girlfriend who also got it had a very good reaction to it. Um, she was just like achy, but like I was like achy, foggy, like couldn't think, was just like a grumpy little bitch, uh, <laughs> had chills, had fever. Uh, but now I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm chilling now. I'm happy now about it, it.
4: Now, was it instant or did you guys like did it gradually come out? Oh, no,
3: no, no, no. It was I, w- I went to bed the night I got it mm-hmm. feeling fine. Like okay. my arm hurt, but which is how I felt the first shot. But I felt pretty good going to bed the first night.
2: See, for me, I got my shot at like eight forty-five in the morning. By eleven o'clock, I was wiped out. Yeah, but mine was pretty instant. Now, listen, I have a three-year-old. So fuck, that could have been it. I don't. Maybe I didn't even have a reaction to the shot, and I just was like an exhausted dad. That yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, but but mine was a little quicker than that. But but hey, man, cheers to Rite Aid. Yeah. And cheers to you. Cheers to you for getting your second shot tomorrow. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. You know what Joe you know what?
4: Fuck right aid. Eh? Cheers to me for getting my second <laughs> shot tomorrow.
2: <laughs> hey, wait, wait till they give you the shot before you start throwing out the fuck right aids, okay? Right,
4: right. <laughs> All right, Joe, what's your cheer of the week? Things things you never thought you'd say in your life. Fuck right aid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: That damn marathon. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, my my cheer was also going to be the vaccine, but I'm going to kind of audible. Uh on that. uh but it's still going to be vaccine related. Uh first of all, uh I don't know if this is like a God bless Tennessee thing, but like I was able to get my vaccine way ahead of like the rest of the country cuz just nobody was getting it here. Oh, yeah, uh, right.
2: So Well, you can just pray the shit away. Why yeah, you straight away.
3: But <laughs> I I don't know if this is like safe or not, but uh, all of, like the Nashville appointments were booked up because everyone's you know getting their shots in Nashville. I had to drive an hour out to get my appointment, and like you know everyone in Cleveland's going to, like the Wolstein Center, or, like Walmart, or like nice places and you know like sterile places. I would be oh, no. lying to you. Oh no! Uh, God. If I said oh. I didn't get my shot in a fucking stable we went to a fairground oh, no. in, in a rural tennessee county and, and we're like oh great it's just like a like our first shot was at like a library it's like a drive-through like a long line and you know there's a national guard and like a tent we drove into a stable where horses <laughs> normally are and like get out of your car, time to get your shot. It's like, oh my God, is this like horse tranquilizer? Is this like the COVID vaccine? It's horse
2: tranquilizer. <laughs> I don't oh, no. know. I mean, we'll I see. see. But it does both. It does I both. Guess it you does. won't get COVID.
3: Either way, right, knocked COVID me on my ass. For three days. Oh God. But uh, I don't really know what that cheer is. I just had a good time. I thought it was really funny.
4: As soon as you said as soon as you said something, I was like, Okay, so Joey went to a guy in a van. He had like vaccine needles. Like he like opens up his trench coat. He just has vaccine needles in it Ah, (laughs) inside trench coat.
3: I mean, if the guy didn't literally have a national guard uniform on, I don't know if I
2: would have trusted (laughs) it. (laughs) Oh my god, some dude in camo, not even the national guard uh, guardsman. It's just a guy (laughs) in camo injecting people with horse tranquilizer. Yeah, it
4: ain't no right. your COVID here. Come
2: on in for your COVID.
4: That'll be twenty (laughs) five. That'll be $25. Me,
3: Sir, I, I got it was one free. other thing. I got one. Of, I, this is not a cheer. This is just kind of, I don't want to write the podcast without saying this. Um, I don't want to release this episode uh, if the Indians get thrown a perfect game against them tonight. We're about to be in the top of the eighth inning. And uh, uh, I don't know his first name. Rondon? Rodon? I don't know. Yep. The guy we normally smack Redon. the crap out of is having a perfect game against us, okay. uh, and I just don't want that to happen.
2: Oh boy. Well, listen, we're gonna stop recording this episode before that happens. So if it does happen, it never happened.
3: Okay. Like
2: this episode, yeah. we're just gonna we're just capturing the
3: feeling of like
2: us pre-tragedy. Yes. Uh, and yes. then that can live in infamy forever. Yes. Perfect. Yes we don't need any of that nonsense. That's not a cheer. That's some bullshit. We don't need it. Uh, And we'll talk about it next week. If it happens. So boys, those are our three cheers of the week. We're going to get out of here. Our, our thanks. Of course, we give a few thanks out. Uh, First, our special guest rear Admiral RA from the spit and chicklets podcast, joining us for a tremendous interview, taking plenty of time. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, You know, we'll be listening to them. Uh, But hopefully you guys listen to us, uh, enjoy it. Uh, Our thanks also goes out to the belly up sports podcast network. What we are a part of go follow belly up sports, follow the belly up podcast network and see if any of these other awesome shows, tickle your fancy, give them a listen as well. And as always, our biggest thanks goes out to you, the listeners of the garage beers podcast. We appreciate you. If you wouldn't mind, go to wherever you're listening give us a review a rating share us with your friends uh, and let's keep growing garage beers uh, as big as we can get it so uh that's gonna do it for us for joey over there in nashville tennessee at garage beers joe for chad over on the east side of cleveland at garage beers chad i'm michael Keefe at garage Beers. garage beers mike that's the name of it garage beers mike uh we appreciate you listening that's been episode 61 we'll see you again next week cheers everybody
5: MyPatriotSupply.com